This week on episode 81 of the Odd Dead Out podcast, somehow I'm back on food. <laughs> I've got zucchinis and meatballs and apparently a shortage of butter. And the jackass of the week gives me more than a couple questionable parenting choices. And as promised, this week's featured podcast is a little redundant podcast we listen to. Evening Hot Dad Out Podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the Odd Dad Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, as always, the mildly irritated <laughs> Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. And this is a show where I share my twisted little stories of stuff and make fun of weird news shit and wrap it all up with... A podcast I think you need to listen to because I just love sharing the things that I love. <sighs> so, dear children, um, when I say mildly irritated, I'm like, you could imagine, normally I, I sound mildly irritated. Um, it's actually because, well... My boys have this nasty habit of getting me sick. <laughs> and everybody at work is always giving me shit because I probably call out more than everybody else on account of my boys getting me sick. And in my defense, I've got four boys. And because I'm the one who's awake with them more hours of the day, I interact with them more directly. I'm more likely to get sick from them. Not to say my wife doesn't do anything, but because I work nights, she works days. So during the day when they're all running around and jumping and interacting, she's at work. <laughs> and then she comes home and, you know, there's dinner and bedtime and story time and homework and all that stuff. But there's much fewer she has a shorter time period of possible exposure than I do. So, I tend to get hit with everything a lot worse. Or at least more frequently. And then I give it to her, and all is all, you know, it all kind of comes full circle. But all that, say, like I mentioned, if you've been listening to the uh, podcast post month, wow, I totally jumbled that. Yeah, the national podcast, my Daily little mini episodes. <laughs> uh, yesterday, or if you follow the show, yesterday was supposed to be show day. And uh, basically, uh, I came home the other night to my youngest two, the ones that I'm home with all day, um, all but coughing their lungs out. Some sort of inflammation. Um like irritated throats and, and all trouble breathing, all this stuff. Um, due to many years of uh, having like my bronchitis issues, my wife having uh, asthma, we're pretty sure bug has asthma. It's just hard to diagnose a four-year-old. Uh, we actually possess a nebulizer and a healthy amount of albuterol which if we'd have taken any of them to the uh, ER or urgent care or anything, that's what they'd have given them. Um, yeah, so sitting up at 4 o'clock in the morning doing breathing treatments with your 4-year-old and cough syrup and Motrin for pain because basically coughed his throat raw. Sucks. I was on very little sleep. It also means I've got to, you know, kind of be babying the, the kids and wrangling and, you know, keeping them and more or less staying more on top of them on account of they're sick and they need me right there with them. All that being said, you know, when you, you hang out with a couple of, of sick kids all day, you get sick. <laughs> and so about halfway through my work night, 
my sinuses start burning and my throat is burning. And I'm just starting to get a cough and just, uh. But the show must go on. And I was like, I, I cannot let this, this beat me down today. I was like, I'm, I hate getting sick. I hate it. And I especially hate, like, these sinus infection y, or just like the, the sinus irritation stuff. It just burns. It sucks and, like, runs, you know, where you like, start with the sniffles and all that. And the next thing you know, your nose is on fire, and then like the back of your throat is on fire, and I just ah oh, god, I hate it. It's like I would rather have like a full blown body cold flu. I would rather have like a full blown like body cold flu thing going on than have to deal with the sinus infectiony throat burniness that sucks i i just i i can't i just can't it because it, it hurts all like it's just a constant pain whereas like i don't know with a flu you're just like uh, uh body aches this shit just sucks um this is just pain <laughs> and it's, it's 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 an irritating burny sensation and I've tried in the past where I'm like, hey, you know, gargle with like scope or something. And at least like, so the back of your throat stuff kind of, you know, really kill whatever bacteria or whatever stuff. The inflammation in like the back of my throat and kind of the upper, you know, the little section in your throat that connects to your sinuses and all that. And those little nose pipes in the back of your throat. Yeah, that stuff. Nose pipes. It's it, that's how, that's what they're called. Look it up. Medical journal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but all that, and that's always worked for me in the past. Um, in this case, nope, 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 nope. Uh, yeah, it just burns. And I've tried that a couple of times. I was like, no, just stop, go away, burniness. So I'm, 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 I'm suffering through this pain for you so that you can listen to me today. <laughs> um, all that. With all the sickness and pain and everything, I'm also very tired. Because, of course, anybody who's ever been sick will tell you, when you're sick, it's really hard to get rest. And, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just so draining. I just, I just can't. I'm just so tired. And the boys are, are, you know, drained and I'm drained and everyone's just bleh right now and it's only Thursday and I've still got you know I've still got work and I, I can't call out at this point we've just got so much going on um you know we're we're gonna be getting the boys uh new beds this weekend um I've got we just got a busy weekend going on and we're like I can't afford to miss another day of work, especially because I was just out sick like two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Like I said, the boys get me sick a lot. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I really can't afford to call out again. And I just, you know, I'm just bad right now. But that is, I know I had something else. That I kind of wanted to talk about. I think all I mentioned the HOA thing uh, earlier in the week. Uh, yeah, and it was kind of a, a mini rant. I don't know if I've bitched about my HOA before, but I just got an HOA violation for needing more landscaping. Yeah, and it's, and it's not like I've you know done anything to my house. I don't have the time to do major landscaping renovation or anything like that. It's not like I've gone through and ripped out hedges or a tree or something. My front yard, as photographed, because of course when you get an HOA violation, they send you a picture. Uh, but according to the photograph, my yard hasn't changed since I moved in. It hasn't changed since the guys before me lived here. And... Now, suddenly, it's in violation. I've been in this house for almost two years. And now it's suddenly an HOA violation that 
I just have a plain, boring yard, basically. That's what it amounts to, is I have a plain, boring yard. Now, so many other houses in the neighborhood have plain, boring yards that are just rocks. I happen to have grass, which I think is a step up as far as aesthetics. I have grass. You know, Dave down the street has rocks. I think my grass looks nicer than his rocks. Why does he need, you know, why do I have to suddenly add landscaping? No bullshit. They want me to add more landscaping. I'm like, now, and I've heard of this before. I know, I, I've lived in neighborhoods before where they mandated you must have a tree in your yard. Uh, I've, I've, when I lived in Texas, our HOA had a rule you had to, like, every yard had to have grass. Uh, there, and we were in South Texas, so water wasn't so much of a problem. But, they, like, you couldn't, in that neighborhood, you weren't allowed to have a rock yard. Whereas in Arizona, like, 90% of people do. But, you had to have St. Augustine as your grass. Which, anybody who knows grass, St. Augustine is a water hog, for one. It's great grass. It's It's beautiful grass. But, that stuff sucks water hard. Um, but you had to have St. Augustine and you had to have a tree well displayed in your front yard. When we first moved into this house, there were a bunch of like those, I can't even think they were like furs, I think, but they, it was kind of decorative furs that you, you kind of trim and they're super narrow and super tall. And I think about it, I, my grandparents in their old house had one that you could probably see this thing from the edge of town because, and it was always the fear. This tree was, it was so big and it was probably three feet off of the front of the house. If this house, if this tree fell down, everyone was like, and it leaned. Oh my God, it leaned. Uh, it was like the, the leaning tower of Clifton. But if this, if this tree fell, not only was it going to take out my grandparents' entire house, it would probably take out two or three houses next to it. <laughs> but it was like us. We had a bunch of the smaller versions of those trees. Whereas the one in front of my grandparents' house was somewhere like five or six feet around. And the ones in front of my old house were like a foot around. Or a foot or two feet, whatever. They were... Easily man, like easily removed with hand saws, but my dad and I were like we just didn't like them. Well, no, my stepmom told my dad that they were bad luck, and at that point, my dad was still under. Basically, like my my dad and my stepmom hadn't been married for too long, and my stepmom is Filipino. I think I've mentioned this before. My stepmom is Filipino, and at that point, she would make up a lot of bullshit. <laughs> Because my dad would fall for it for the most part, but we we eventually caught her on it. But she would make up a lot of bullshit and say, "Oh, it's bad luck" and stuff like this, so that we would change something. Oh, the, we can't have those trees in the front yard. It's bad luck. Like, okay, we have like, and it, and we even asked. We later on we asked her aunt. She was, she was like, and my dad was like, so we had to cut down. What, what's so bad luck about having those trees? I'm like, what do you mean bad luck? There's nothing bad luck about the trees. Like she fucking bullshitting us, making us have to go through all this bullshit to cut down these trees. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we eventually caught her. It was like, yeah, you can't pull the, oh, it's bad luck. Explain why. <laughs> now you need to explain, justify your bad luck. But. Those were all the trees we had in that yard. And then we come to find from one of the neighbors, oh, hey, yeah, the HOA requires you to have a tree in your yard. That's why all those little, those firs were around the house. And so my dad had to go and buy a tree <laughs> now that we've cut down and like pulled the stumps and everything. Uh, we cut down and, and, and removed all the trees that were on the, that were in the house. So he had to go and buy new tree to stick 
like planted it square in the middle of the yard. And I can remember, I think it was a, God, I can't remember what kind of tree it was. Uh, oh no, it was, it was skinny as hell. <laughs> and it was, I think when we got it, it was like maybe a six, seven foot tall tree. And it was probably a good 10, 15 feet by the time I moved out of that house. I mean, we probably, we lived in that house for a long time, not pretty much for, I think maybe five years. So it's not even that long comparatively. Um, but compared to other places we lived, I guess, now that I think about it, but we lived in that house a good while, but yeah, we had this tree that just kind of stuck out because we had the only tree like that. And we had this, like compared to everybody else who had these massive, like oak trees and shit like this in their yard, we had this scrawny little, I don't know what tree, (laughs) just this scrappy little tree, you know, toothpick of a of a tree in our front yard next to everybody's massive shade trees, which just made it that much more difficult for me to mow the yard. Cause now I have to mow across around this stupid fucking tree. But I managed to kind of, uh, hoodwink my dad into paying me 10 bucks, uh, to mow the yard because it, you know, I got to a point where I was mowing. He'd gotten me a job mowing, yards for the radio station where he worked and suddenly he's like oh i'm paid to mow grass now (laughs) it's like i'm paid to mow grass now so suddenly i was able to kind of get him to pay me to do what was up until that point just one of my chores mowing the yard and so yeah i got to i basically got paid to do what was my no this is just your responsibility uh chores but I also went all, I was like, you know, I edged everything. He was like, hey, if I'm going to pay you, it needs to look good. You need to edge it clean and all that. And that's why I still, when I do my yard now, I still put, like, I get out the trimmer and I edge everything really and put really like hard line edges on my, my grass and all this stuff. I was like, I always refer to it as, as a, a Texas right angle edge. So you don't see a lot of people outside of Texas that have a hard, crisp, edge on their grass most people like smooth it out and roll it so it kind of fades into the curb like in texas you have a hard probably like a half inch gap between the grass and the the sidewalk or the curb and that needs to be a hard crisp right angle (laughs) you need a hard clean line most people will use gas edgers just for that and go in with like the big metal grinder blade that that cuts that line. I learned to do it with an with a battery powered line trimmer because I we weren't about to spend the money for an edger just to do that. But yeah, I I still to this day put that hard line on my grass cuz it looks nice. It does. I I I I've done the 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 lazy edge before and I don't I it doesn't suit me anymore. <laughs> But, yeah, let's see, we went from uh, my kids getting me sick and me being sleep-deprived, when am I not sleep-deprived, to trees and and landscaping. (laughs) But, yeah, apparently my HO, or not my HO, my property manager, because we rent, I think I mentioned before we rent, but our property management is going, is responsible for this. And, like, we don't have to plant a tree or anything like that. And I'm assuming they're going to like plant a tree in the front yard or they're going to put hedges or something. I don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that the property management's just going to like come out here and, and put a tree in the yard or some shit. But uh, yeah, I'm just glad I'm not on the hook for that because fuck that shit. I'm not planting a tree, especially in a rental property. Like, no, I'm, I'm not spending my own money to put a tree in in the yard for the, for a rental. If I owned the place, fine. It's like when we eventually buy our, our, hopefully our, our forever home, then I'm, yeah, fuck, I'll landscape the shit out of it. I'm going to have gardens up the Yazoo. I grew up gardening. I'm, I'm going to have roses, damn it. <laughs> I'm going to have oranges. I'm going to have roses because I live in Arizona and that's what you have. But, that's going to be that once 
you know, when I've got my house, that's what it is. And I realized my house will probably look like an old lady's house out front because I'm going to have great big ass uh, red roses, red and pink roses, and a big ass orange tree out back. Because me. Because I grew up with it. But that's when I own the house. Not while I'm renting. I've even, I've avoided landscaping. I've like, oh, you know, maybe I'll just put some flowers here. It's like, wait, no, fuck it. We don't own this house. I'm not going to invest all this money in flowers just to leave them. And I'm not about to go dig up all my flowers when we move. <laughs> that would be, that'd be some shady shit right there. Like I plant all these flowers, make everything look real nice. And then right before we move out, dig up all my flowers and take them with me. <sighs> We're going, come on, come on, petunias. We're going to our forever house. No. <laughs> I, I don't, I think that's a violation of the lease. I don't think you're allowed to take the landscaping with you. But that's enough landscaping. <laughs> and my weirdness. Let's, let's take a, a quick Potter and Family promo break. And I will be right back with the news. Your guide to cinema etiquette for the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews Podcast. Question 17. When choosing a seat at a largely empty movie cinema, do you... A. Sit directly in front of another person. B. Sit right alongside a couple clearly enamored with one another. Or C. Take a seat away from other patrons that afford you a good view. If you answered A or B, fuck you. For more useful cinema etiquette, join Paul and Wayne on the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast at Podomatic on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Here's a few reasons why you should be listening to the Unwritable Rant podcast with host Juliet Miranda. She can tell a great story. If you can't play dead, play drunk. And it works, I swear. (laughs) She interviews celebrities that have great stories. If, if we have a cousin that's kind of strange, we don't we don't put him away or tuck him away. We set him on an old dryer out in the front yard with alcohol and let him wave at people. <laughs> right, right. And then you tell your friends about it. And she's tolerant and loves kids. So these kids go running up after the ball, and I stand up and I yell, kids die in the street all the time. So head on over to theunwritablerant.com and listen to the show. I've got a couple of old guys to start off with here. Oddly enough, everything kind of transitions well into each other. Let's let's start off. Man hears English national. I should say this properly. England's national anthem looping in his head. So a, a man in England suffers from a rare condition that causes him to hear a a, a I guess it's a a, a boys' choir version of the England's national anthem on a continuous loop. Uh, yeah, so basically, all the time, this guy just has the British national anthem playing in his head, and he legit hears it in his in his brain. He's actually hearing it. Um, apparently, this is and I, when I the article and I kind of looked into it. It's basically kind of a side effect of hearing loss. They said it happens in old people. Obviously, older people. Uh, basically, as your hearing goes, your brain wants to experience things, and it's kind of like a sensory deprivation thing. How if you ever hear maybe talk about like, oh, if you're in a room that's completely dead silent or uh, completely uh, pitch black, like if you cannot see anything, your brain will start. You'll start hallucinating. Because like your eyes are still trying to receive input, your ears are still trying to receive input, and so your brain starts making shit up. So if you're in a completely blank space, you will start and like completely pitch black, you can't see anything. You'll start hallucinating, you'll start seeing shit, and f- fuck that. I mean, in, in a lot of cases, that probably explains a lot of cases of like ghost sightings and paranormal stuff, like. It's not that you saw something. 
It's that you didn't see anything and your mind was literally playing tricks on you. So I guess in, in, on the same note, you could say when your hearing starts going, I guess, like, say you just start losing hearing in one ear, whatever, uh, your brain will start just, it'll basically put a song in your head. You'll start just hearing things because your brain needs that stimulation. It needs that input. And it's like, and I guess it's kind of like you hear when somebody loses a limb, they'll still like the, the nerve, whatever the trigger sensors in your brain, basically like whatever's next to those triggers in your brain, like, Oh, you swipe your cheek and you can feel the, you know, the missing toe or whatever shit like that. And it's like, Oh, well that nerve ending is like, is gone. So it kind of, uh, bleeds over from the, the nerve connection in your brain next door. Kind of, I guess it's kind of the same way that like, Oh, you don't have that hearing anymore. So it's going like your brain, other brain stimulation is just going to uh, trigger that. So you end up legitimately hearing something because you know, it's how you just how your brain works um, in your brain. You're legitimately hearing a song. And in this case, this guy's got the British national anthem playing in his head. You, you just hear it all the time. And apparently this guy, when it first happened to him, he actually started complaining about his neighbor, thinking that his neighbor was sitting there trying to fuck with him or something. And he's like, nope, that's it. <laughs> and I guess he's, he's kind of got a, I think, I don't remember if he said he's intending to see the queen, like he has means to see the queen or whatever, but I think, or something was like, he always, he was joking that if he ever got to meet the queen, he could tell her that he's probably heard, uh, England's national anthem more times than her. <laughs> Which, if he's got it running on a continuous loop for, I don't know how long at this point, fuck. I mean, probably inside of a cup of a two weeks, he'd probably hear it more times. It's not very long. That's gotta mess with your sleep. God, and you know, I, I hear these commercials for, uh, non-24 people that have a uh, circadian rhythm issues where like they can't tell night from day. You know, if, if your, your sleep cycle is screwed up, that's one thing. If you've got a national anthem playing on your head in a loop and you can't sleep that unison bitches. That's all I can say. Uh, yeah. That's when you bust out the Z quill and like, Nope, I'm going to get myself doped up and go to fuck to sleep. All right. Moving on from one old man to another, a German man's unexploded World War II bomb turns out to be a zucchini. Yep. A German man reported he what was believed to be an unexploded World War II bomb in his garden. When authorities arrived, it was found to be a zucchini. Well, they did agree. It did look like a bomb. It was like a 19. It, it was a big ass zucchini, basically. And, and before the, the dumb question, no, he does not grow zucchinis. Uh, I, I heard somebody else talking about this story and they were like, how, like, how did you not notice, you know, at what point did you, you know, dig up a bomb? <laughs> it's like, how long have you been gardening in this garden and you didn't already hit the bomb that could have been there? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, I've had houses where I start digging in gardens and we find shit. And I was like, oh, look, another paver three feet underground. Why the fuck are there so many pavers in here? Um, shit like that. You know, sometimes you dig and you ha just happen to have not dug right there in that place before. Whatever. I don't know. Maybe the moles moved it. I don't know. Um, he thinks that maybe one of his uh, neighbors just threw it over the fence. But, yeah. I mean, I, I can't totally fault this guy. It's like, one, he's old. He lived through World War II, so he's seen some shit. But, on top of that, I mean, if, if you think about it, a really big zucchini, like one of those 
big, like almost eggplant sized. I mean, do get that big. Well, like you got like an eggplant sized zucchini. It totally would look like a small bomb. And, you know, people always have that image of, of bombs being these massive things. Like, no, those were like the, the bunker busters and shit like that. But most like the little, like we're going to drop like 200 fucking bombs in a line. They weren't that big. And 19 inches, that's a good size of a thing. That's a huge zucchini. I, I ain't gonna lie, that's a huge zucchini. But, yeah, that's a bomb size, sure. Especially like a carpet bomb type size. So, yeah. Again, maybe the guy's got a, a vision problem and he can't tell, you know. But, yeah, come on. Cut the guy a break. I don't know why I'm being so nice to the old guys today. But I've got a soft spot for old guys. What can I say? Uh, speaking of food, and I told you, everything else kind of leads, minus the National Anthem guy, all the rest of the news kind of runs into a uh, food department. Uh, chef claims to get death threats over vegan meatballs. And I realize that's kind of an oxymoron. Uh a chef claims she began receiving death threats after entering vegan meatballs into a meatball competition. And I, I see both sides of this <laughs> because I, okay. I'm, I'm very not vegan. I'm, I'm, I, I, I like meat. <laughs> I, um, we, I've, I I can't leave mac and cheese alone. No, I'm not a lobster mac person because I hate seafood and you know, whatever people. Um, but you know, smoked sausage and mac and cheese, uh, steak, pot roast, whatever. I have meat every day. I, I I can't do, I can't do vegetarian. I can't do vegan. No, people have you. Your your teeth were designed for eating meat. I'm just saying. Um, we we don't have flat teeth like. Like, uh, cows. I was like, fuck, I need an animal that eats, just eats vegetables. Cows. Yeah, cows. We don't have all flat, grindy teeth. We are meant to eat, uh, various things. And I like meat. And, yeah. I, so I, it, it's not a meatball. <laughs> it is not a meatball. Just like you tell me, that's why I was, I'll say veggie burger all day. It's, it's, there's no such thing as a, a vegan hamburger. It's like, don't call it a hamburger. It's not a hamburger. It's made with beans. Uh, and don't, don't give me this bullshit that it tastes the same. If you, if you live on, on vegetables, you don't know what good cow tastes like. And you're erasing it from your mind because if you knew what good, good cow tasted like, you wouldn't be eating the beans burger. But I, I see the, 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 oh, you're the vegan chef and you're, you have a recipe for, uh, uh, meatballs, big air quotes, meatballs. And you want to enter it because you think they're just as delicious as those cow meatballs or lamb meatballs or whatever animal product, uh, spheres that are being produced. You think yours are just as good. And, and fine. They may be tasty, but they're not meatballs. And I realize it's, it's, it's meat discrimination and I'm discriminating against a vegan. Now, again, I see, you know, you know, chef, you know, vegan chef saying, Hey, it's like my, my little spherical food items are just as good as yours. Just because it doesn't technically have meat doesn't mean it's not a meatball. Like, well, yeah, but I, and I can see them saying, no, it's not a meatball. Uh, you know, get the hell out of here. But death threats, I don't understand people, people get so fucking extreme. You're gonna, you're gonna, you know, send death threats to a person because they gave you fucking vegan meatballs. You know, this isn't like somebody gave, you know, snuck peanut butter into their sauce and you have a peanut allergy and you almost died. Then you're like, motherfucker, I'm going to kill you. Almost killed me. I'm going to almost kill you back. What are you allergic to? <laughs> I'm going to put shellfish in your cereal. I don't know. I need, <laughs> I, just, I just needed a really petty uh, food allergy, something. I don't know. But yeah, 
I, what the fuck people with death threats over stupid bullshit? It's, 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 it's stupid. I, I don't under, and, and, yeah, I don't know how many times I say I'm going to fucking stab somebody in the throat. It's called figurative language, folks. It's, it's, it's primarily for comical purposes. I got it. Fuck. I'm not going to actually stab somebody in the, you know, self-defense or some shit. But seriously, why do people, especially nowadays, why do everybody go to, you know, you're going to fucking die, or I hope somebody runs you over, or I'm going to fucking get you for your vegan meatballs, bitch. <laughs> the fuck? It's a fucking meatball competition. They didn't kidnap your children. It's a fucking meatball competition. How the, what? If you lost, now, if you lost the meatball competition, you were like second place to the vegan meatballs, and you got jack shit, like first place is $2 million, second place is here's some gas money, I could see being a little miffed, not to the point of threatening their lives, <laughs> but why the fuck do people go to death threats? I, I've yet to understand this, like, why the hell do people threaten death upon others over Stupid, petty bullshit. It's just fucking meatball. Goddamn. <sighs> going from one food extreme to another. Going from no meat to no butter. Apparently France is running out of butter. <laughs> I'm just like, when I read this, I actually had to go through and read this entire article because I'm like, what the fuck is butter? You make butter. It's, why is there a shortage of butter? Um, uh, long story short, supply and demand. <laughs> Apparently, France is the, by far, the number one, uh, uh, demander of butter. Um, you, France uses more butter than everybody else in the world. And I, you know, it comes to like croissants are made with butter as a base, butter sauces, but all this, they use a metric fuck ton of butter. And so the demand in France for fresh butter is very high. And there are a number, like there's a crap ton of, of, of dairies and manufacturers and all this out there. Great. But demand is so high. They're like, well, we can sell it elsewhere. It's like, you know, prices are going up. The, the, the dairies are trying to raise their price. Like, Hey, our, our costs are going up. We're going to raise the prices. You guys are, there's demand. Like you guys are wanting more product. Well, we're, we need to up production. So, you know, we got to up some prices, you know, supply and demand. That's how the, the laws of economics and all that. So they're the, the producers are trying to raise prices the retailers are like, uh, no, we're not going to raise prices, not even a couple of cents. And we're like, well, then, uh, fuck you. Uh, we're going to go sell our butter, uh, overseas or to like, you know, countries next door. We're going to go sell our shit in Germany and Spain because we can. Like, we're making it. Like, we're the farmers. We can sell our shit wherever we want to sell our shit. And if you don't want to pay our prices, Peace out, bitches. I don't know why everybody's bitches today. Everybody's bitches today. Um, I'm not going to do a French accent. I, I might have tried it if I, if my sinuses and my nose weren't all jacked already. I was like, I can barely sound like me. I'm not about to sound like French bad, bad impersonation of bad French accent me. <laughs> I have very few references for a French accent minus the, Jacques character from Beetlejuice cartoon way back in the day. So, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But, yeah, I, I can't blame the, the dairy guys. It's like, hey, we're trying to sell our stuff. You don't want to pay the price. And apparently people are hoarding the shit out of it. I guess there was a shortage or there was like a surplus. And I guess they had laws in place that demanded certain quotas that the dairies had to produce X amount of, of product. 
and then they removed those laws and they removed the quotas and like because there was a huge surplus and we're like hey we've got all this extra milk and all this extra butter so we're going to remove the quotas because we're in a good place and people started hoarding and then all this other crap started going on and now they're short <laughs> and now they're like oh yeah people are like there's there are people who can't get butter for their croissants oh my god you can't you don't have any butter for my croissants what am i gonna do how am i going to have breakfast ever again oh my god yeah because that's what french sounds like again i i'd have tried on another day but <laughs> not today today is not that day but yeah <laughs> So they're like, yeah, fuck you guys. We're going to go sell our shit elsewhere because like, we'll go across the border and we'll sell it next door because you guys don't want to, you know, throw, you don't want to pitch in another nickel because you just want to be bitches. And so, yeah, can't blame them. The butter's there. They just don't want to pay for it. They don't have, they even got fucking French parliament involved. They've got, it's just like when Congress was, was having sessions over major league baseball and steroids. That's basically what's happening right now. They've got uh French parliament having to like mediate the issues between the dairy, the butter producers and the retailers. And like you realize how stupid this is, right? The government is having to deal with just simple economic supply and demand because the retailers and the and it's like if you couldn't get along with your uh, with it's like if Kroger couldn't get along with Country Croc, and suddenly there was a, a a fight between Country Croc and and Kroger, and suddenly you know like Donald Trump had to step in and negotiate. That's what this is right now. That's what they're having in France. So <laughs> it's just butter, people. Pay the other fucking nickel, <laughs> and just fucking take. You need the butter, apparently. Apparently, France needs so much damn butter that they're that it's causing government action. So, how about you just pay the fucking nickel? All right. <laughs> uh, enough food ranting. I'm going to take a break, drink some more coffee, and I will be back with this week's recommended listening feature podcast we listened to. What up? This is Dina Marie, the host of the Twisted Philly podcast. There's more mischief, mayhem, and nefarious goings-on in the city of brotherly love than Billy Penn could have ever imagined. We've got it all here on the Twisted Philly podcast. True crime, haunted history, the coolest and creepiest places to visit. Welcome, Welcome to, to Twisted, Twisted Philly. Philly. You don't have to be from Philadelphia or Pennsylvania for that matter to get into this show. You just need to like some seriously weird, twisted shit. Plus, listening to me gush about the places I love to go, the history I love to tell, and the really sick, twisted crimes we've had going on here since back in the Victorian era. So come sit a spell with me in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. You can find me on iTunes and all the other major podcast apps. Hi, this is Emily Prokop from The Story Behind which is a podcast about the extraordinary history behind the ordinary. What does that mean? It means whenever my ADHD gets the best of me, I begin to wonder the stories behind everyday objects. This is the story behind sporks, behind chewing gum, behind hoodies, places. This is the story behind Mount Rushmore. This is the story behind speakeasies or people. This is the story behind Uncle Sam. This is the story behind Betty White. Everything has a backstory, and from what I've noticed from doing the show, not everything is as plain and simple as history books may have you believe. Join me Mondays and Thursdays on your favorite podcast app or at thestorybehindpodcast.com. And thanks for listening. Recommended listening. Hi, my name's Jeremy. I've listened to podcasts for years. I've always had questions about my favorite shows or for my favorite hosts. 
I started a Facebook group called Podcasts We Listen To. It's a place where listeners can talk about their favorite shows and find new favorites. It's a place where podcasters can get tips on improving their shows, share their shows, and find new audiences. It's a place for all things and all genres of podcasts. That group has taught me that We all have questions about our favorite hosts. And now that group has become a show called Podcasts We Listen To. You can join me every Wednesday as I sit down with your favorite podcast hosts. You can get in questions for hosts by emailing them to podswelistento at gmail.com or you can tweet me at podcastswlt. And of course, you can join the Facebook group as well. I'd love for you to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday. So, podcast we listen to, and I honestly, you know, like I mentioned last week, I didn't have a featured show, and it didn't occur to me until I was doing the end of the show, like, fuck, this is what I could have been talking about. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I've I very recently joined the, the podcast we listen to uh, Facebook group, and I honestly, I cannot remember... Uh, how it was that I found it. Um, but as soon as I did, I was like, wow, this is a great group to belong to because I, I've, I've been part of other podcast Facebook groups before. And a lot of it was like, people were super judgy or super spammy with their shows or like, even like in, in one group, the, the, the admins and the mods were they were super critical and judgy and, and like, and just kind of dicks. I was like, you guys are the mods. I don't want to interact with you. Like when you guys are shit talking on people, I'd like, nah, fuck you guys. I don't want to be part of this group. Like you're arguing about, the, you know, spreading their agenda and their sort of bullshit. I was like, you know, but the podcast we listen to group, and I realize I'm supposed to be talking about the show. I'm getting there. Uh, but this group, it's just very, it's, it's predominantly indie shows. And there's some, some bigger names that are in the group, you know, more lurkers, I imagine. But, uh, it's a predominantly indie podcasters. And because it's the thing, it's very, <laughs> if, if you're not into true crime, you've got to filter a bit for stuff, uh, like myself, but, it's 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 a much more uh friendly it's a much more welcoming uh group and they like were they have you know civil conversations and a lot of recommending other shows and like hey who's listening to this oh my god and like just discussions about different shows and different episodes of shows and different things and like, of course, everyone, you know, there are people that have issues with mods and there are people that are going in there and, and, and trolling the group and sitting there picking a fight or just sitting there like shitting on somebody else or just generally being shitty people. But, you know, wherever you go, there's going to be shitty people. But, uh, like the whole group and like, you know, he said, Jeremy said right there in the little promo, uh, that basically that group, it kind of spun off into the show where he is now interviewing podcasters and podcast hosts because and everything he said right there in the, in the promo basically sums everything up about this show. It's like, if you've ever had questions or comments, or if you ever just wanted to sit down and talk to another, to a podcast host, like, wow. Or like, I've always wanted to sit down and have a conversation with these guys. They seem so cool. That's what he does. And that is the most awesome thing. And I hate him because I had this idea. <laughs> I was like, I want to fucking do this. Why? Be- not even because I'm, I'm super social or, or anything, but it's because I enjoy good conversation with somebody. And the, when you really get into a podcast and you get to know those hosts, and, I, and I've talked about it before, the, the, how like with podcasting, you really, you can let yourself out and like you really put yourself you're more than just a character in most cases um that you are putting you all of you out there and so people really get to know you and you get you you know you kind of 
can establish and develop this kind of connection, even if it's a one-way sort of thing. Uh, but you kind of can develop this connection with the hosts and uh, you know, may possibly make friendships. And I've made friendships in podcasting over the last few years. And so, like, you have those, like, you want to just sit there and chat and you want to have a conversation with them. You know, I, you know, I, I wish he weren't in Australia for me to uh, be able to just sit and have a chat. I was like, I'd love to sit down with my buddy, the new man, uh, who hasn't done his show in a while. And I think about it. I think he's doing a show with his brother now. I need to get caught up on, but I'd love to just sit down with him. I'd love to sit down with the guys from PRL cause they're just fun. I'd love to pick Dave Jackson's brain. Uh, almost everybody on my recommended listening list. If you ever go check it out, I would love to just have a conversation with them. And that's what he's doing. He's just sitting there having a conversation with these different hosts. And he doesn't, I mean, I think just about every host probably comes out of the, out of the group. Every guest that he, every interview comes out of the group, at least that I've seen, which, and, but he does make it a point. He, and he said, like I said, he, and I keep going back to the promo because he nailed it with describing everything about the show. It's hosts and people from different walks of life, different genres, different styles. Um, you know, case in point, every promo in this week's show is a previous guest from podcasts we listen to. Uh, Paul and Wayne from The Countdown, Juliet from The Unrideable Rant, uh, Dina Marie from Twisted Philly, uh, Emily from The Story Behind. All of them have been on a podcast we listen to, among among others. And it's just cool. And I actually caught myself last night listening to one. And I, like I said, I don't listen to true crime. It's just not really my thing. But I caught myself listening to one last night with trying to remember the name of the show uh, because I'm terrible with remembering things when I need them. Uh, uh, Tyler and, and Beck from Minds of Madness, which is true crime. <laughs> and it was, it was interesting getting to hear a different sort of thing, a different sort of perspective, a different style. And, them talk about how they approach their show and it makes it like I, I posted it up on Twitter. It left me intrigued at the very least uh, to maybe try out this show. And I've talked in the past about serial and S town. And I, I, as much as those are, those are more like news journalism, like crime journalism versus like the true crime stories, which I don't associate them necessarily being the same. But I mean, they're, they're similar, but I, I don't look at them the same on account of like S town and serial are, you know, investigated and produced by professional journalists for actual news for like, you know, professional news organizations, um, this American life and NPR, like these are news organizations with a lot of money behind them to do in depth, uh, uh, investigative. These are investigative journalism happens to be a podcast. Uh, whereas I look at true crime podcasts are more in the storytelling and it's, it's telling the story behind the, uh, occurrences or the, whatever the case that they're talking about. All that being said, all, all of these, like I, I just, the four shows I mentioned, um, all very different. You know, the countdown is a movie show. Unrideable Rant is is storytelling. Twisted Philly is true crime, um, kind of true crime in history. Uh, story, you know, uh, uh, story behind is, is trivia and 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 just fun, interesting factoids, and yeah, it's all over the place. And it's it, he just does a great job with it, and. It's, it's funny. He ends every show and I, and I like this and I've seen this with a lot of interviews where they're like, Hey, I, I might ask a bunch and just have a, a 
fun conversation. And speaking of fun conversation, the interview, the, the episode with Paul and Wayne from the countdown was utterly hilarious because I think that was the first one where I really heard them swear, where I heard him swear and where it was basically a totally explicit episode because Paul and Wayne swear, well, like Paul and Wayne and, you know, dropping and like they, they were like, all right, let's get this out of the way. And like, there's one word you've been avoiding because again, Australians using the, the C word, which I will admit, yes, I use it sometimes too, but I'm not going to use it here. And they, they, they made the art, they made, they real, came to the realization that an Englishman or an Australian using the C word, it doesn't sound as abrasive as anyone with an American accent. An American accent makes it sound vulgar. And I've determined in, in my, uh, experimentation or experience, um, uh, Hispanics shouldn't say it. It just doesn't sound right. It's not even a matter of it sounds vulgar. It just doesn't sound right. <laughs> Every Hispanic person that I've heard say it, it just doesn't sound right. Just don't. Anyway, but yeah, he ends every episode with, let me try and remember the question. He's like, if you're stuck on a desert island and you can only have one drink, one movie or book, uh, one podcast and one person, that's it. one person, one drink, one like book or movie, uh, and the means with which to like, Oh, you've got a TV and a DVR or whatever. And one podcast and like the full catalog of one podcast. And you could just, you know, forever, what would it be? And hearing some of the answers and he's, he's made good points. And I tried to come up with like, because he mentioned that like some people will be like, yeah, I'd want to bring my spouse because of course I'd want them to be with me. And then others would be like, I, I wouldn't want to bring my spouse because then they'd be stuck with me forever. Like some of them are like, nah, I couldn't handle it. Like I, we couldn't, we'd, we'd kill each other. We couldn't be around each other all the time or the, well, we can't be apart or, oh, I'd bring my kid. If you got one kid, sorry, I've got four. I can't make that pick. <laughs> it's like, I got four boys. And I'm pretty sure if I had to be stuck in a desert island with any one of my boys, I'd probably throw one of them off and off the island. Uh, everybody will tell you your kids can get on your nerves. I have no clue how I would answer this question. <laughs> and I've ever, as soon as I heard him, as soon as the first time I, I heard that, I was like, I always kind of think about what would my answers to those be? Uh, I have no clue. <laughs> It's it, every episode I think about. It, it's like, what would it be? What would it be? I have no clue. <laughs> but it's a. But I loved listening to people answer those. Like, oh, I want Kool Aid, or oh, like I'm trying to remember, like Juliet's because she's the queen of bourbon. And I I cannot remember, but I you know something like that. And. Yeah, I, I like, I love listening to those and like, you know, what's, what is basically there? I would listen to this podcast. I would watch this movie. I would like this book or this thing. It's like, that's the, the cool, it, because it really does get into somebody's personality and it's, it makes you think. And I think the only one, I think Emily was prepared for it. And I think. I don't remember if Dina Marie was prepared for the question or not. And yeah, it's, it's just a, how, and you may even think like, oh yeah, I would totally, I would take my wife and, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the guy that was just like, yeah, I would say my kid, but then I'd be, you know, stranding my child on this island. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's fucked, man. <laughs> the perspective people get and like listening to the interviews and you learn so much about these people. And like I said, he totally fucking stole an idea that I had never actually mentioned that I wanted to have. <laughs> but it's, it's, I mean, God, that's, it's such a, I'm jealous of him getting to just have these conversations with different shows, having these conversations with different podcasters, because it's such a cool thing to just be able to talk to these people and it's such like, if, if you kind of notice where a lot of podcasters live, they're mostly in the Midwest and the East. 
Like most of them are in the Eastern time zone and in Northern in the central time zone. Um, I live in Arizona with exception to my, my surprise motherfuckers. We, it's thin out here. You basically, it's like, it's all the people in the East, a lot in the Ohio, Midwest, Cincinnati, like Ohio and that area, uh, area. But, um, but then you get California and I was like, big old gap. And mostly then you just get California and like that California, the West Coast comedy scene is like a lot of, you know, stand up comics and, and comedians that do podcasts and they're based out of California. That's mostly it. So people in the, in the, the mountain area, which apparently, uh, Jeremy is actually in and I'm trying to remember exactly where he is. I know he's from New Orleans. Um, but I don't remember where he lives now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to remember, but I remember it's like, oh, he's, I remember it stood out to me. Of course, because when something stands out to me, I can't remember it when I need to, but it, it's, it, and again, I've, and I've mentioned before, I've, I'm not really big on interview shows. I, I, I used to listen to the Nerdist all the time, but it was very much, and it still is. I listen to Nerdist interviews with people that I'm interested in. We're like, oh, hey, it's an interview with fuck, um, Tracy Ullman. You know, I'd, I'd listen to that. Um, when I'd listen to RuPaul, a lot of the time I won't listen to RuPaul because I was like, well, they're not in inter- It's like, I don't know who this person is. I'm like, oh, it's a singer from the, it's like a, you know, R&B singer from the 70s. Well, I'm not going to be interested in that conversation as much. Um, and that's for interview podcasts. That's kind of my thing. It's like, you mostly you tune in for the interviews you like, but for, with this one, I was like, I'm listening for another podcaster. I was like, I'm listening to like, so these are just people who are in the same boat I'm in who like to have conversations and like to talk. Well, I want to listen to what they have to say because podcasters are interesting people. Really? I mean, there's a ton of others that I think I'd be cool to listen to. And, you know, if I had the time and the resources, I would totally rip the shit out of this show. That's how I, now I remember, now I remember how it is that I found the group. I was going to start the show. (laughs) And I remember like, it's kind of first rule of when you start a podcast, Google your name, Google the name you want. And I remember searching for like podcasts I listen to or pod, you know, my favorite podcast and stuff like that. And it brought me to the group and it brought me to the show. And that's how it was. See, it's all come full circle. I just had to talk it all out, <laughs> but that's, that's basically what happened is, yeah, that's how I found the group and the show. But I, I, I thoroughly enjoy the show and Jeremy does a great job interviewing and he's got a voice. God, he's got a deep voice. <laughs> I've, I've been told I have a a rather deep voice. I know my voice goes all over the place depending on, I get excited and I get all, "Ah!" but you know, I know I have a a relatively deep voice, not like Jeremy and not like the the Tyler from the fuck. I already blanked the name. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry guys, if they happen to hear this, uh, but God, that, that guy had a deep voice. Shit. Uh, <laughs> that was some, that's, that's, he had some very white shit going. I don't know, but yeah, I, I, I just, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying, uh, this show because, and again, I can just sit there and listen to all these interviews and it's like, no, I'm just. It's, I love those fly in the wall conversations. And that's really what this is. You're sitting there, you know, you're flying the wall while these cool people are all having a conversation talking about podcasting. And from a, you know, I, I can only imagine the, the huge number of podcasters that are, uh, that listen to this show because we all like talking and we all, when we're all willing to talk about our shows and ourselves, in a podcast format. And so uh, I think that's, that's the, what's great about it is like, I love hearing people talk about their shows and their other stuff. And so it makes it, it's really just, yeah, I could just sit there and listen to that shit. That's it. <laughs> but 
yeah, check it out. The easiest way to find the show is obviously through the Facebook group, the podcast we listen to Facebook group. Or you could just check out podcasts we podcasts with an s we listen to dot dot com and and check out the show there it's a great show and is it if you're into interviews at all or you just like you know great conversations it's it's absolutely it's a great and it's it's so funny and you get you get a taste of what the the different guests and the different show hosts that are on you really feel get a feel for what they're like you know, the show kind of molds itself to the guests. And so it's really cool. So check it out again. Podcast. We listen to dot libson.com, but I think it's time that I wrap this show up. Oh, there we go. Bringing up the music right there, but thank you very much for making it this far. And if you have a podcast recommendation that you think I should check out because I'm running a little thin, uh, email me out at blogspot.com or I could get my email right. <laughs> Odddadout at gmail.com or check out the uh, recommended listening page contact form there, odddadout.blogspot.com or Twitter and Facebook, of course, at odddadout. Uh, drop me a line. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you don't like. And if you enjoy the show, tell a friend. Subscribe. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, Stitcher, or however the hell you want. And until next time, thank you and good night. <laughs>